Greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is Apostle Nicole Reddick with Converting Souls International Ministries. This is the final week on building your spiritual house. We have been discussing it all month long. So building your spiritual house for edification by prophecy edification by prophecy and that's building your spiritual house heavenly father i thank you for your word i thank you for your love your mercy and your grace i pray that you would open up the eyes and the ears of the hearers god that they may walk with you that they may talk with you that they may understand your precepts Father, I just bless your name this morning, and I pray that you will continue to build your people up, to edify your body, to strengthen them in spirit and in truth. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. We will be starting out with 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. The 14th chapter, the first verse. It says, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, for rather that ye may prophesy. Prophesy. Follow after love. But he wants you to desire some spiritual gifts along with following after love. He said, but more importantly than desiring spiritual gifts that ye may prophesy. That you may prophesy. So first of all, we are following after charity, which is love. We are desiring spiritual gifts. He said, but rather the more and you're following after love that you may prophesy why is prophecy important what does it do for you and me prophecy means to declare truth through the inspiration of god's holy spirit by prediction or not it means to foretell things to come. Let's go to prediction means to foretell things to come. Matthew the 11th chapter. The Bible says, for all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. In other words, the prophets and the law, they declared the truths through the inspiration of God's Holy Spirit 
by prediction or not. Now remember, prediction is to foretell things to come. And we see in the Bible that God uses his prophets to foretell things that will come to pass. Let's talk about Christ for a moment. Let's go to 1 Peter 1, 10 to 11. It says, Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which is in them did signify when it testified beforehand that is prophecy testifying beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow now where is it found that Christ was going to suffer that they testified beforehand beforehand Daniel the ninth chapter Daniel the ninth chapter the 26th verse and after three score and two weeks shall Messiah now that's not saying Christ right because we just read in first Peter it said Christ but you've got to understand the meaning of Jesus's names Christ means Messiah it means Messiah so here we have Christ, the Messiah. Christ will be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood. And unto the end of the war, desolations and determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease. It will stop. And for the overspreading of abomination, he shall make it desolate. Even until the consummation and the determined shall be poured upon the desolate. We've got to understand this prophecy is from Daniel. It speaks of the Messiah of Christ being cut off. He's going to be crucified. That's what cut off means. He's going to die. But the Bible says it is not for himself. Then who is he going to die for? You and me. You've got to understand the scriptures. Messiah is another name for Christ. The sufferings of Christ is also in Isaiah 
the 53rd chapter. And I'm not going to read the whole chapter. But I want to read this part. The Bible says in Isaiah... Alright, let's go to Isaiah. It starts in Isaiah 52. So, Isaiah 52, 13 to Isaiah 53, 12. You can read it in your spare time. It says, Behold, my servant. Here, he's talking about Christ again. Shall deal prudently. He shall be exalted and extolled and be very high. As many were astonished at the his his visage or his visage was so marred more than any man and his form more than the sons of men. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The kings shall shut their mouths at him. For that which had not been told them shall they see. And that which had not they heard shall they consider. The Bible says he was marred. The way he looked, his visage was marred more than any man. And he will sprinkle the nations. In other words, when he die, the blood that's coming from him will sprinkle the nations. When they nailed his hands and nailed his feet, blood dripped. When they pierced his side, the Bible says blood and water came out, spurting. 53 verse verse 3 He is despised and rejected of men A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief And we hid as it were our faces from him We hid just like Adam and Eve Because of our sin we hide from God He was despised and we esteemed him not Verse 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquity. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Verse 10, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It pleased God to put his son to death. But at this point, the Bible is calling him the, my servant. The Bible and Daniel has called him the Messiah. We have put him to death, yet he did no wrong. But it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, that means you're going to sacrifice the Messiah. You're going to cut him off. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. The Bible says God shall see the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. The righteous servant of the Lord, he justified many, for he shall bear their iniquities. 
you gotta understand the Bible the Old Testament prophecies of Christ it is the foretelling of things to come either by prediction or not and here we understand it was prophesied that Christ should suffer and die and the fulfillment of that is in the book of Luke in the book of Luke the first chapter the first chapter the 11th verse sorry Luke the first chapter we're talking about Christ here and you have to go down to the 26th verse here it is Gabriel the archangel is appearing unto Mary and he's coming with the will of God for her do you understand when the man or woman of God come with the will of God for you in order for you to be truly blessed you have to receive it and walk in it you can't do one or the other. You have to do both. And the Bible says that Gabriel, one of God's angels from heaven, was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph. And he said to her, Hail, thou art highly favored of the Lord. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And she was troubled at his salutation. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. We're talking about Christ the Messiah here. And here he is telling everyone, the prophecies of old remember between the old testament and the new testament it's over 400 years before the old testament ends in malachi there was isaiah and daniel so in their time there are more years time is of importance in prophecy the time is the season of fulfillment in which god will bring things to pass You've got to understand it. Here the angel is coming before Mary. And here it is. He is telling the prophecy that, that Jesus the Messiah was to come. He is about to fulfill. God has put in his time of fulfillment. Mary is the virgin he has chosen. And it says, 
And thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. And then in verse 34, she is like, well, how shall this be seeing I know not a man? What would, I know not a man. I have never had sexual intercourse. How are you going to tell me I'm going to bring forth the son of God? Why? Because it was prophesied by God that the Messiah would come through a virgin. Isaiah, the seventh chapter, the 14th verse. And God is saying, therefore, the Lord himself shall give thee a sign. To the children of Israel, a sign was given. And he said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. And then the angel begins to describe to her how it's going to happen. The highest, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. Who is the Holy Ghost but the power of God? The Bible says the power of the highest shall overshadow thee therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of god and then he's beginning to tell her another prophecy that's coming to pass and we'll get to him possibly and in verse um let's go down to where mary goes to elizabeth and verse 42 I mean 40 and entered it Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste into a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zechariah and saluted Elizabeth Elizabeth was Zechariah's wife and when Mary when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary the babe in in Elizabeth leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice saying to Mary, Blessed art thou among women, women. This is what the angel had just said to her. And blessed is the fruit of thy womb. What does the fruit of her womb mean? She is pregnant. She is pregnant. The prophecy has come to pass. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb. Let's go to this important key verse about being blessed. It says, Blessed is she that believed, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Which were told her from the Lord. Why does she keep calling her blessed? Blessed. In, 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 in these descriptions, blessed means to be fully satisfied by God, by the indwelling of Jesus Christ. And it should be the state of every believer. Mary was blessed. Why? Because she wasn't... She accepted God's will 
and carried it out. She was a hearer and a doer. Now here we have prophecies. Time is essential in prophecies. Let's talk about John the Baptist. I can't go on without talking about him because the Bible also prophesies that Elijah would come first. And who is Elijah? He was a prophet of old. But the Bible was speaking in Malachi the fourth chapter. He said, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. The Bible says that Elijah is really John the Baptist. He's coming in the power of God filled with the Holy Ghost. The forerunner Elijah being prophesied in Malachi and fulfilled in Luke, the first chapter. And here it is, the 11th verse through 17. And I want you to understand that here it is. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And this angel was Gabriel, if you read in verse 19. But the, and Zechariah was troubled, and fear fell upon him. And the angel said to him, Fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son. And thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. Elijah had the Holy Ghost to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He was a forerunner for Christ. John the Baptist sent by God. He was a son you saying, well, we are all sons. No, we're not. We're children of God. And we're each at different levels. John the Baptist came as a son. He was fully mature, perfect in the spirit. Are you a son? Not everybody. Not yet. You have to become fully matured in Christ. Now. 
now we're going to read, I already read to you one of the fulfillments. The fulfillment when Mary, in verse 39 of Luke 1, went and visited Elizabeth. And in verse 41 it says, And it came to pass that when Elizabeth heard the salutation of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. That means the fulfillment had already come to pass. And see, you've got to understand time is of the essence. Here it is, a prophecy from Malachi. God sent his angel Gabriel at the time of fulfillment. Here he is speaking the prophecy in Luke 1. And it is the time of fulfillment and it happened. Here we have prophecies from Old Testament over 400 years. And they're just coming to pass. Does that make God a liar? No. Because he didn't give them the time frame in which it was to come to pass. You've got to understand God knows the hour. Not you, not me, unless it is given to you. God knows the hour. Luke, the first chapter, the 67th verse. And this is what Zechariah, John's father, had to say. And his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people. He hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. The prophecy has come to pass. John the Baptist has been born. And if you read from 57 to 66, verse 57 alone says, Now Elizabeth full time came that she should be delivered, and she brought forth a son. So, another understanding about prophecy. It is declaring the divine truths of God. Declaring divine truth. Divine truth, not divination, not witchcraft truth. Where you go and you get your palm read or they look in the ball. You know, you go into the mediums, the spirits that have divination written on them. You go to a prophet of God. If God will give you a prophecy, it's because it's something that's going to come to pass. It's a divine truth that will happen. You need to stay away from the witches and their familiar spirits. You need to stick with the prophets of God, the true ones. And and um, let's go to Acts, the second chapter. It ain't always about our future. God didn't always give them prophecies about future events in their lives. He did when he had an appointment for them. He did when he had a calling for them. And see, it says to predict is to foretell 
things to come. It says by prediction or not. Sometimes you go to a prophet and he see your problem and he'll say, let it be as the Lord will. It will happen for you. Go in peace. He didn't predict it. He just told you it's going to happen. Prediction or not. Prophecies. Acts 2, 14. Through 42. Joel 2, 28 to 29. These are the prophecies foretold in its fulfillment. Read those scriptures. And when Paul had laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them and they spake with tongues and prophesied. This is a gift from God, the power of the highest. It is a gift from God, the Holy Ghost. The Bible says in Joel 2 28 through 29 and Acts 2 14 through 42, it is the prediction of God pouring out of his spirit and you've got to understand that it is fulfilled on the day of Pentecost but right here the apostle Paul is laying hands on people and they are being filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts the second chapter was the fulfillment of God pouring out of his spirit and the Bible says on the day of Pentecost you can read 1 through 4. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues as a fire. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The key to prophecy is that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Luke 1, 67. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, 4. The apostles were filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 19, 6. And when he had laid hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues, and they prophesied. Prophecy is satisfaction to the one spoken to. It edifies you and me. It edifies the body of Christ. First Corinthians, the 14th chapter. gifts 
you got to follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. But he's saying, but rather that ye may prophesy. Why? Because it'll edify others. It ain't just for you. And you will be speaking or declaring God's divine truths. His truths. Verse 3. But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesies edifies the church. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesy, he said. For greater is he that prophesies than he speaketh with tongues, except he interpret, that the church may receive edifying, the building up, the edifying, the building up of your spiritual house. May receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. He says, now brethren, if I come unto you speaking in tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you by either revelation or knowledge or prophesy or by doctrine. It doesn't benefit you unless I can give you an interpretation. Let's talk about this time. I'm going to give you some scriptures. First Samuel, the first chapter. By prophesying is by prediction or not, by being those filled with the Holy Ghost. First Samuel, chapter one, verse 17. Now here we have the story of Hannah. And Hannah couldn't conceive, but she had an enemy. She had an adversary that provoked her sore. We got to understand that when God shuts you down, you're going to have some adversaries. I just want to point that out to you. It says, but to, unto Hannah, he gave a worthy portion. And this is Elkanah, her husband. For he loved Hannah, but the Lord had shut up her womb. Sometimes God will shut his prophets up. He will not allow them to prophesy. 
And this is the spirit of deep sleep. That's when God does it. He will shut his prophets down that they cannot give you a word. He will put them to sleep. They will not hear from him. Let me tell you about being shut up. The Bible says that her adversary, which was his other wife, Penina, provoked her sore, made her fret, because the Lord shut up her wound and wouldn't let her give birth. When she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her. Therefore, Hannah wept and did not eat. She wept and did not eat. And he says, Hannah, why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? Why are you, your heart grieved? And this is something I want to bring out right now. Am not I better to you than ten sons? He understood her problem at a natural sense. So he gave her more than normal. But you see, when it's something between you and God, the normal just don't matter. You can't be comforted by the normal. God has to open you back up. What he shut down, he's got to release. Then the joy comes. Hannah, why weepest thou? He gave her double portions of the natural. But it couldn't fulfill her desire to give birth. It couldn't fulfill her desire to give birth. And the Bible says in verse 10, Let's go back. The spouse knew it, understood it not. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. So sore, if you read this first chapter, she was so sore that in praying to God, Samuel the priest, Eli the priest, I'm sorry, Eli. Eli said unto her, How long wilt thou be drunken? Put away thy wine from thee. See, when you're shut up by God, it looks one way to the outward people that's looking in on you. It looks how they want to perceive it. Here it is, Eli in the temple of God is saying, Why are you drunken? He was a prophet. Why are you in the house of God drunk like this? What is wrong with you? We got to stop looking. We got to judge righteously. 
he says, but her voice, and, and, and it was like, Anna, they described in her in verse 13, Hannah spake in their heart, only her lips moved not, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. And it goes down. She says, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor drink. A sorrowful spirit will make you look drunk. It'll make you look different to people. And they cannot truly pinpoint your problem. So you have to reveal it to them. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have poured out my soul before the Lord. And she began to tell him, listen, count me not as a daughter of Belial, a daughter of Satan. I'm not drunk. I stand by God's word. I don't, I'm not, I don't get drunk. For out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken to you. And Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Here it is, the mouthpiece of God is, is prophesying to her that what she asked is coming to pass. It is not a prediction, but it's declaring a divine truth. It's declaring a divine truth. Now he spoke to edify. And she said, let thy handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way and did eat. And her countenance was no more sad. And they rose up in the morning early and worshipped before the Lord. And this was the next day. And then they returned and came to their house. So here, I don't know how long it took him to travel. And then it says, Elkanah knew his Hannah, his wife. What did I taught y'all what no mean, right? Knew. He knew her. When it's a man speaking, I want to know her, or Elkanah knew her, Adam knew his wife Eve. They conceived. They had sexual intercourse. And the Lord remembered her. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come. The time of what? Fulfillment of the prophecy of the divine truth. Come about her. Hannah had conceived. And she bare a son and called his name Samuel. Saying, because I have asked of him of the Lord. And the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up. We're talking about the fulfillment of a prophecy. One that was not prophesied. But a divine truth was told unto her by a prophet of God. He said, go in peace. The Lord grant thy petition. Fulfillment. Prophecy and fulfillment. This must have happened within a few months. Time is an essence in prophecy. Second Kings, the fourth chapter. And 
verses 1 through 7. Here it is. Elijah helps a prophet's widow. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets. Until Elijah saying, This woman, who was the wife of a prophet, my husband is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditor is come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. They're going to take away my children. Because I can't pay a debt. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, Thy handmaid hath not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Here comes the prophecy. Here he comes declaring a divine truth. Then he said, Go, borrow thee vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in thy house, shut up the door upon thee, and upon thy sons, and shall pour out into all these vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him and shut the door upon her and upon her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured out. And it came to pass. Uh-oh. It came to pass. When the vessels were full that she said unto her son, Bring me yet a vessel. And he said unto her, There is not a vessel more. And the oil stayed. And she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children of the rest. She said, But I have not but a pot of oil. But she went to the prophet, and the prophet prophesied a divine truth unto her. He told her what to do, and when she did it, it came to pass. Not only did she live off the little oil that she had, she was able to fill vessels. And let me tell you a divine truth about this, a revelational understanding. You may have the little of the Holy Ghost because the oil here is representative also of the Holy Ghost. And this is a divine truth that God declared unto me. You fill my vessels, those that are emptied, those are half full. You fill my vessels, and when you fill them, you will not deplete, but they will become full, and you can live, and so will they. Filling the vessels. But this prophecy is of Elisha and the prophet's wife. My husband has died. Listen, for Hannah, her husband didn't understand that God had shut up her womb and she couldn't give birth. For the widow, the prophet's wife, that had the prophet that died, she went to a prophet too. The husband has died. What is it when a husband can't understand? Whether of the spirit or the natural. What is it when they become blind to the truth? The wife suffers. 
get back to prophecy. We're talking about prophecy here and not husbands and wives. But let's make a point, husbands. If you're wondering why your wife is still having a problem, take her to the prophet. Take her to the prophet. Make sure they're real. Make sure they're a woman or man of God that God will respond on their behalf. So you got to understand something about prophets. When a true prophet comes to your life, come into your life, whatever they speak, God backs it up. Here it is. Hannah, Eli told her, go, the Lord grant thy petition. She gave birth. Here it is, the widow of the dead prophet. Elisha told her what to do. Not only did she sell the oil and pay off her debt, her and her sons lived. They were financially set. Take them to a real prophet. Second Kings, the 20th chapter. Kings the 20th chapter the 17th through the 18th verse and behold the days come that all that is in thy house this is Isaiah speaking unto Hezekiah he said hear the word of the Lord and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day shall be carried into Babylon nothing shall be left saith the Lord and of thy sons that shall issue from thee which thou shalt beget shall they take away and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon now understand this prophecy it took years two generations a few generations for it to come to pass and if we go to 2nd Kings the 24th chapter The 11th verse, and Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against the city, and his servants did besiege him it. Now Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, was the son of Hezekiah. And going down, it says, And Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, went out to the king of Babylon, he and his mother and his servants, and his princes and his officers. And the king of Babylon took him in the eighth year of his reign, and he carried out thence all the treasures of his house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king's house, and cut in pieces all the vessels of God, which Solomon, king of Israel, had made in the temple of the Lord, as the Lord had said. And he carried away all Jerusalem and all the princes and all the mighty men of valor and even 10,000 captives and all the craftsmen. None remains at the poorest sort of the people of the land. And he carried away Jehoiakim to Babylon 
and the king's mother and the king's wives and his officers and the mighty hand of the land those carried he into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon and all the men of might even 7,000 and craftsmen and smiths a thousand all that was strong and apt for war even them the king of Babylon brought captive to Babylon and the king of Babylon made Mataniah his father's brother king in his stead and changed his name to Zedekiah Jehoiakim the fulfilling of a prophecy And then as you go into verse chapter 25, so you start at 24, 11, and go into 25. It will tell of the captivity that Isaiah prophesied to Hezekiah. We've got to understand in prophecy there is a timing of fulfillment from the time the prophet speaks it out of his or her mouth to the time it is fulfilled and it is for edification for the persons or the people it is spoken to for the house of god to have someone prophesy in the house of god it is to build and edify them up it is not to tear you down prophesying in um let's turn to first corinthians 14 and i'm i'm ending near ending the message here first corinthians 14 verse 6 no verse 22 because i already told you about verse 6 it says wherefore tongues are for a sign not to them that believe but to them that believe not but prophesying serves not for them that believe not but for them which believe it is to build your spiritual house edification when one prophesies in the house of God it is to build out the hearers. It says it is the result of God's grace or divine enablement to be exercised within the church. It edifies the body. Prophecy. It comes to pass. What did we learn about Hannah? What did we learn about the widow who had a uh, whose husband was dead that was a prophet? It edified them. Even what we read about Hezekiah. Let's go to 1 Timothy 1.18. His sin caused the generational bondage. But it was a prophecy by God and it was fulfilled in its time. First Timothy, the first chapter, the 18th verse. 
This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. The Bible says the apostle is telling Timothy as he's going into position. I need you to fight a good warfare. I need you to war. I need you to wrestle. Why? By the pro how? By the prophecies that was spoken over you. So there's another benefit to having a prophet prophesy. An apostle prophesy if they're walking in truth. Why? Because God responds to their word. And they are supposed to be speaking divine truths, whether by prophecy or not. It's their word, it's their testimony. God responds to a prophet that he sends. It says, According to the prophecies, you got to walk in them. You got to go by them so that you can fight a good warfare. Don't despise prophecies, people. Revelation, the first chapter, the third verse. Revelation is the first chapter, the third verse. Blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. Here he's saying you're blessed if you hear the words of the prophecy of John the Apostle. You got to keep prophecies. They help you war a good warfare. There are letters to the book, to the churches in Revelation. And Jesus helps, helps us understand how to fight the warfare. But these are prophecies, letters that he wrote and left for the church. Each letter helps us at the end. Jesus said to be an overcomer. If you do this, he gives us a crown of life. If you do this, we shall overcome. The book, if you keep, he said. And hear the, these prophecies and keep the things that are written. It helps you fight a good warfare and you will be blessed. You will be blessed. Again in Revelations 22 7. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. It is understood by John. He understood prophesying and what it does for you and me. Not only does it edify you, but it helps you fight a good warfare. We've got to understand prophecy. 
We've got to take hold and not despise it. God builds us up. He builds our spiritual house. And the one that's prophesying must be filled by the power of the highest. You must be baptized in the Holy Ghost through Jesus Christ. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost. You must be filled with the Holy Ghost. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I thank you for, for all that you're doing with your people. Father, open up the wounds of those you have shut. That it is their time, it is their season of fulfillment. You don't always give us the hour in which you put forth your power, Father. But it comes to pass. Put divine truths in the mouths of your prophet. That they may walk and edify your body. In the name of Jesus Christ. You are God alone. And your son, the Messiah... The righteous servant which came and was cut off for you, for us, that we may walk in your will, that we may be hearers and doers and keepers of your word, that we may be blessed. It is your will for us. that you continue to build and edify build the spiritual houses of your people bring them into sonship God or into the fulfilled calling of their life that you have for them through Jesus Christ I thank you that you love me and you hear me when I pray I thank you that you respond to my words. It is your divine truth. And I speak this to your body today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.